Welcome to the Ramp Church Podcast. We are so honoured that you've joined us today and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website, ramp.church forward slash mcr or find us on social media. Now let's head straight into this week's message. Well, you may be seated. Thank you. I'm I'm not going to, actually, I'm not going to preach a full word this morning, although I have one prepared. Um, I just, um, for time's sake, and just because I don't really feel like much else is needed, I feel like we could feast on what God has already done in prayer and in worship here. And um, gosh, I feel so grateful for what he has already deposited in us this morning. But I want to just share about, you know, this time of year, so November, is usually a time where I personally, like, I start just leaning into the idea of thanksgiving, of giving thanks, is what I mean by that, gratitude, reflecting on what God has been doing in the year, and looking forward to the next year, and um, I was chatting with Nathan the other day, and we, we, get, we got started on talking about gratitude and how powerful, you know, giving thanks is for us as humans, um, just even if you take if you take all the the worthiness of God out of the equation and you take every command and scripture out, just all the science the that people are discovering that's proving just how beautiful obedience to God is when you when He says give thanks and you give thanks and now you can look on Google and find like bucket loads of research about why this is one of the best things for you to give thanks and um, and I've just I feel like as a people right now that I want to just help posture our hearts um, to, that, to that sound of gratitude and what God has done. Even in the midst of what I know, lots of challenges, especially in the midst of challenges, to perceive God and to recognize Him. And, um, you know, I know some of you guys have had, had a really hard year and... And we share those struggles. In prayer, we feel the pain. We carry that with you. Um, But all the more, just the beauty of being able, how gratitude enables us to tune in to the goodness of God in the land of the living right here, right now. So um, at the beginning of the year, I asked the Lord, you know, for a verse to just help anchor my heart. And the verse that I was really led to was... Psalm 27. And, you know, it wasn't like when I say I was led to a verse, it's like I feel sometimes that maybe when I'm, when I'm going into a new year, um, I'll, I'll ask the Lord, Lord, what's the word? And, and I'll, I'll just have a verse that's kind of like a sticky note on my heart. It's like it's there. It's not necessarily like Gabriel shows up in my room and is like, hello, Stacy, this is the word of the Lord for you this year. But it's more of just discerning what's the Holy Spirit highlighting to me. What verse just keeps coming up to my mind when I'm asking the Lord that question? Or what verse is like on the pages just like, oh, Stacy, you've got something in there. You've got to dig a little deeper in there. And I encourage you guys to, to ask the Lord um, as you are leaning in to leaving this year and, and starting, you know, next year, what's the Lord got for you? What's the word that's going to anchor you this year? And you hear from him for yourself. And, um, and then you'll be, I, you know, you'll, it, it may not be like, oh, the, the most life-shattering, amazing revelation, but it'll sustain you. 
And that's the point of the word of God is to sustain you. It's not always to wow you. It's just to sustain you, to keep you going. And so um, Psalm 27, verse 13, verse 13 and 14. And um, Anakee, I'm so sorry. I do this to Anakee all the time. Anytime I have verses and then I never use any of the verses that I give her. So she's just flying by the the, uh, seat of her pants. But uh, Psalm 27. And I felt like even I gave this word. um, So I want to talk to you about gratitude for just a minute and about posturing yourself to recognize the Lord. So this is the word that I was declaring um, throughout this year in verse 13. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So sometimes around this time, you know, you start wanting to like reflect or you feel like the pressure to like start thinking about, you know, oh, what has God done this year? And sometimes, sometimes when it comes to like the ending of a season, you could almost feel shut down. Like you don't want to look back because it was just so bad. (laughs) You don't want to look back and you're scared to look forward because you don't know what's coming. And so you're just like, I'm just going to not look behind or forward and I'm just going to put my head to the ground. But then you're not able to take in everything that God has done. You're just, you're just surviving. You can miss what God is doing unless you take time. To remember, like God has commanded us throughout the word of God so many, is to reflect, to look back, to see where was God? What prayers did he answer? And seeing that, letting the Holy Spirit show you where he was, then empowers you. It silences the voice of shame that keeps you from wanting to reflect on your life, right? Sometimes we don't want to look back because it's like shame, shame, shame is so loud, And then we don't want to look forward because fear is so loud. But when we can process with God and hear his perspective and tune into him, looking back, looking forward, then we can grow. And you don't just grow because you just survive through things. No, you grow when you actually think and take things in and process with God. You process with God. You process with the people of God. You process in the presence of God. And you can grow through things. But growth isn't automatic, right? It's intentional. It's you working with the Holy Spirit. It's you being unafraid to face yourself and to face your life in the power of God. So um, I just feel before, you know, I'm going to call in a minute. We're going to go back into worship. But I want us to posture ourselves to just Look back and find God. What prayers has he answered for you this year? Who has he blessed you with? You know that your brain cannot think a negative and a positive thought at the same time? It's like, apparently, it's not possible. Now, I was like, well, we could try it, but I don't know. (laughs) Try to think positive. But we, we know, okay, we know that when you are intentional about taking your thoughts captive, giving thanks, seeing God, not suppressing the pain, not denying pain, but in the presence of pain, acknowledging the pain, and saying in the suffering, I see a glimmer of glory. Then it can help you come above the grief and the disappointment and right above it instead of sinking beneath it. And we're, 
we're meant to be on top of the waves, right? Walking on top of the waves, not sinking in fear uh, because we've lost sight of God. So when gratitude, it helps us to recognize what God has done, to recognize what he's doing. And, you know, I was so intrigued because and there's a verse in Isaiah where the Lord is describing the rebellion of Israel and all of those who worship idols. And I'm coming in just in Isaiah 5 verse 12. I'm coming into this passage where he's talking about the idolatry of these other nations and the rebellion of Israel. And they, and the Lord says about them, they furnish wine and lovely music at their grand parties, lyre and harp and tambourine and flute, but they never think about the Lord or notice what he is doing. They never think about the Lord or notice what he is doing. And this was the sin of Israel, right? They came through, they saw these, mir- these miracles and then they forget and they get thrown into idolatry. And, and I just feel like the Lord's just wanting us to just slow down, recognize the Lord. This is a way we worship him. Acknowledge what he has done. The enemy, and you've heard me say this so many times, but the enemy always wants you to get hung up on what has not yet happened. Because if you can get stuck there, then your heart can be, it's like a downward slide into a little bit of, you know, the disappointment turns then into a little bit of resentment. And then the resentment turns into a bit of entitlement. Well, God, you deserve, I deserve a breakthrough. I deserve a miracle. I deserve your answering my prayers. And then that separates us from God. Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So we need to recognize what God is doing and see and perceive what he's doing. And be able to look ahead and just prophesy, look ahead, and this is what I did. And what I, I still continue, if there's something that's kind of like stressing me out about the future or that I'm unsure about, I just look ahead and I'll just say, Psalm 27, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know I'll see the goodness of God there. I'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living up there because God's ahead of us. Come on. He's not catching up to us. I know you, I know we think in our intercessory prayer life that God's catching up to us, but he is ahead of us. He's ahead of us. And he's behind us, thank God, mercy, following me, cleaning up all these messes I make, like a parent following a toddler, just cleaning up with goodness and mercy. And I want, I want, you know what I want? I want you to, I want you to walk in the joy of the Lord. You know, gratitude is essential. It's like the fount of all other virtues. Gratitude, the fount of all the other virtues. Everything about your Christian behavior and your holiness and all these great things, it's supposed to spring from This overwhelming revelation of the grace of God in your life. Grace spurs on gratitude. I mean, think about it in your own life. If somebody gives you something, if you pay for something, right? If I pay for something, then I'm not like, I may say thank you, but I'm not like feeling it. I'm like, you better give that to me. I just paid for that. But when it's undeserved, I feel so grateful. Why, why do we sometimes slip into this, ungre- this, this cranky Christianity? It's because we slip into entitlement and we think we've earned something from God and we've forgotten the grace of God that is undeserved, unmerited. And it's not just undeserved, unmerited favor and salvation. The grace of God is also that power for right living. 
It's that Hebrews 4.16, let us come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in our time of need. It's undeserved. And when we can, we can be awakened again to the grace of God and see that we didn't deserve it, we didn't earn it, even the ability to produce wealth, Deuteronomy 8, even that ability that you've got to make all that money, that came from God. It all came from Him. Grace then spurs this gratitude. And gratitude leads us to these generous lives. Freely we have received, freely we give. Freely we have received, freely we give. So let's check our hearts. How are we taking in what God has done? And I'm not saying, I'm not talking about like an unhealthy gratitude that denies suffering. I'm talking about in the midst of the fire, there's a fourth man. I'm talking about when you go through rivers of difficulty, he's there with you. I'm talking about the fires where he's there. I want you to tune in. Lord, show me. And then I want you to find the goodness of God, and I want you to talk about it. Talk about it. God likes to be talked about. He wants you. I want to talk about him. I don't want to just be like, oh, you know, this private conversation. I love that, you know, that Misty Edwards song. I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. Like God is in the conversation and he's hearing what you're saying. He wants to hear you talk about what he's done. And it's not because it changes him. It changes you. And it changes the atmosphere of your house. Can I get an amen? Okay. I I heard it once said that the most important attribute of a spouse this is like a God-fearing man who'd walked with the Lord for many decades. And he was asked, well, what's the most important thing to, to look for in a spouse? And he said, the most important thing is, are they grateful? Because great, being grateful springs all other virtues. And we, don't, we, we, can, we can talk about behavior changes. We can talk about all that. But if we don't just get to the foundation of, do you realize you've received the grace of God? that you weren't deserving of. You didn't earn it. You didn't strive for it to get it. It was bestowed on you freely. And from that, all of our outward behavior is this big thank you to God. When, we, when God looks down at Ramp Church, and he, and, and he sees all of us, and he sees all the things we're doing. He sees the fasting, and he sees the prayer, and he sees the outreach. He sees all the serving. Oh, he sees the laying on of hands. He sees the prophesying. He sees all these things. He sees the giving of the money. He sees right through all that. He sees straight to the heart of the why we're doing that. It's naked and exposed before him, our why, all the time. We can't hide it. And I want him to look down at us and say, oh, look at those ramp people. Jesus, they never got over what you did for them. They never got over what you gave to have them. Come on. I want our whole lives to just be a big thank you to God. Just a big thank you, Jesus. We're not having to prove anything or work for anything. We're here as these undeserving recipients of this lavish love. 
no matter what background you came from, no matter how many times your grandma prayed and fasted, no matter how much you speak in tongues, we are all just these, these recipients of the grace of God. And we can never graduate from that and slip into this entitlement. Because then we'll start coming into God's presence and we'll start feeling like he owes us something. Like, Lord, haven't you seen my fasting? Haven't you seen my prayer? Don't you owe me a miracle? And Lord, forgive us for that. But that's the human tendency. Our human carnal nature will always default down to self-righteousness, down to entitlement, downward to those things where we are somehow the center of it. But it's the grace of God that keeps us orbiting around Christ and the life he freely gave to give us. And I want to encourage you. I had mentioned this the other, the other week just about watching your mouths. And I've, I've said this before. Oh, I hate saying this because I feel the conviction on my life when I say it. It's like you put those words on those scales, right? You put your words on the scales. And, and where does it tip? Where does it tip? Does it, does it tip in all of the petitions and all the requests and all the complaining and all the, um, the hardship, the woe is me? Or does it tip in the gratitude, in the praise? And so you're going to have both some weeks. You may have like, woe a lot of the, you know, pouring out your complaint to God. But the balance of your life, come on, needs to be this fragrance of thanksgiving. This fragrance just in closing, I've, I remember this one story, and I don't know why I'm going to, I just felt led to say this, even though, it, it just go there with me, but it's in Proverbs 25, and I was young, newly married to Joe, and uh, we had just had a little baby, we were living in this, like, very small little duplex apartment in Hamilton, Alabama, and I was spending time in prayer while Joe was at work, and, and um, I had to stay home with the kids, just, and I remember just praying, I was like, Lord, I just pray for Joe to have a raise. I pray that he gets a raise, God. <laughs> and the more I prayed it, the more I felt it. I was like, yes, yes, Lord. What do you have to say about this, God? God, I thank you for provision. I know provision is your will, right? Provision is your will. So I'm going to ask you, Lord, for a raise, God, today. Yes. And um, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you think about this? After I was praying for a long time about it. I opened the word of God, and this was the verse that I opened to. Are you ready for it? You're not ready for it. <laughs> this was the verse, Proverbs 25, 27. This is in the Living Bible. Just as, it is, just as it's not good to eat too much honey, it is not good for people to think about all the honors they deserve. <laughs> that was the verse that I opened to when I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you think about that? Now, I'm not against asking for raises. I'm not talking about that. But that verse, thinking about the honors you deserve, that is the path of entitlement. When we think, and we know this about honor, we don't seek honor. Honor's meant to be given. That's your relationship with honor. You never seek it. You only give it. And I just, I just feel like, you know, you've got to trust God. And then the next verse he gave me was this verse about um, in Colossians 3 where it says Christ is actually in your employer and everything you're doing is for him. God is so faithful. He so cares about our character more than the outward things. And I want you to position yourself just to receive his grace again. And Jonathan, will you come? And we're just going to close in a time of prayer and worship. You know, the verse I said in Isaiah 5, they didn't recognize the Lord. 
And then Isaiah, another verse, remember it says, the Lord says, I'm doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? And then all throughout the New Testament, he's saying, be sober-minded, be alert, be awake. I want to call you, Ramp Church, into a state of reflection, of really waking up to your life. And wake up in gratitude. And then express that gratitude. In a culture that is so complaining, our human nature, our human tendency, what can you do to give rhythms of gratitude? At the dinner table, in the, in the evening, can you go around and give thanks? Are you like, that's so cheesy? No. What, what is it that you need to do to make gratitude part of your life? What people has the Lord connected you to this year that have blessed you? Have you told them that you're grateful for them? Have you released it to your spouse, to the people in your own house? It doesn't have to just be extravagant things. It's the little things. I love what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says in his book on community. He says, in the Christian community, thankfulness is just what, is, what it is anywhere else in the Christian life. Only he who gives thanks for little things receives the big things. We prevent God from giving us the great spiritual gifts he has in store for us because we do not give thanks for daily gifts. We think we dare not be satisfied with the small measure of spiritual knowledge, experience, and love that has been given to us, and that we must constantly be looking eagerly for the highest good. And then we deplore the fact that we lack the deep certainty, the strong faith, and the rich experience that God has given to others, and we consider this to be pious. We pray for big things, and we forgive to give thanks for the ordinary. What can you do? to reflect, to look back and see the goodness of God, to recognize the goodness of God, to magnify that. What can you do to reflect and see what is God doing in my life right now? What are these challenges teaching me about him? How am I finding him here in this suffering? And looking ahead, how can I look ahead and just say, Lord, I don't know what lies ahead, but I know I'll see your goodness there. And I won't be afraid. You've proven yourself. Let's stand to our feet.